Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe that God's Word is going to strengthen you to do everything that He's called you to do and to develop into the image of Christ, to be the person that God wants you to be. Praise God. Today, we're going to be in the book of Isaiah. We're going to start in chapter 55, and we'll take off today from verse 8. Isaiah 55 and verse 8. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we study your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring information, yes, but also revelation. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And we thank you for helping us to see it and to get it, to catch it and walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Of course, this is the Lord speaking. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, I think any, any believer could read this and acknowledge that, yes, that's true. And that's what God, in the Old Covenant, was saying to his people. And there were very few people in the Old Covenant that got real close to the Lord. And, of course, you can't get close to the Lord without knowing his word. So under the Old Testament system, those under the law, you would have to know the law, and you would have to know uh, what God's requirements were, and you would have to walk in them. But even still, you see that even in the Old Testament, there was the principle, the just shall live by faith. So you have to walk by faith and please the Lord. But even still, there were very few in the Old Testament that got to a place where they could think like God. And I think that a lot of believers would look at this statement and say, yes, God's ways are higher than ours, and his thoughts are way higher than ours. But what God is trying to say here is that he wants us to come up to his level of thinking. This is very, very important that we move into this understanding that we are to be thinking like God does. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word, and just say that, say my word, that's the word of God, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So here we see, particularly in verse 11, that God's word is designed to do two things. It's designed to accomplish divine assignments, and it's also designed to usher God's prosperity into your life. See, the Lord said, it shall accomplish what I please. That's what, it, that's what his word does. And it shall prosper. So there's prosperity that goes along with receiving and obeying the word of God. So we must not simply think on a natural level, but we must learn to think as believers in Christ on a supernatural level. We must actually 
Think like God. And when you think like God, when you meditate on his word, it will lead to accomplishments and it will lead to prosperity in your life. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, let's go over to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 and look at verse 1. I want to read it from a couple of other translations. Ephesians 5 verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Now, I like the contemporary English version, CEV. It says, do as God does. After all, you are his dear children. So we are told to do as God does. We are told to be imitators of God. And here's the amplified translation. Therefore, become imitators of God, copy him, and follow his example. As well-beloved children, imitate their father. Praise God. So, my friends, we see here that God wants us to imitate him, to be like him, to watch what he does and imitate that just like a child with the father. And that means that we have to start thinking like God does. You can't live on the chicken level. Uh, you can't live on the, what we would just call the terra firma. You're designed by God for more than that. You're designed to walk in the earth realm while at the same time you have access to heavenly headquarters through the anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go over to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. And here the Apostle Paul says, Beware lest anyone cheat you. One translation says, steal or rob from you. Beware lest anyone cheat you through, watch this, philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Wow. My friends, watch out for the philosophies and the empty deceit of the world. This so-called wisdom that's spoken and suggested and given as instruction and guidance for uh, us here on the planet. Watch out because it's dangerous and it can run very contrary to what God's Word says. And I want to read this to you from the CEV. Contemporary English Version, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Don't let anyone fool you by using senseless arguments. These arguments may sound wise, but they are only human teachings. They come from the powers of the world and not from Christ. Wow, praise God. Watch out for these philosophies and this so-called wisdom of the world, because these things have what I would call side effects. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by side effects? Well, there are certain very powerful drugs that a, doc a doctor can prescribe to you that in one sense can help you, but in another sense, the side effects can be so bad that it almost offsets the good that it's doing in one area. And we see this so-called wisdom and philosophy working not just uh, detrimentally in the lives of individuals, but even in the lives of nations, because so many of these problems that 
even nations and governments face, they, they don't have the answers. So what do they do? They get together, they have meetings, and a lot of times, because there is no true answer, they delay the problem and they spin out maybe some type of philosophical statement that they hope you don't really dig into it to find out what it actually means. Such as, let's say that the nation is struggling with the recession. Let's say there is an increase in in, uh, uh, unemployment, and you're having other factors that are uh, causing problems in the national economy, and you're looking at a potential recession. So the government, they say, well, everything's going to be okay because we have discussed with our uh, you know, financial geniuses and what the government is going to do is we're going to do quantitative easing. Oh, mm, yes, that sounds brilliant. We don't know what it is, but it sounds very brilliant. Must have been a genius that thought that up. Quantitative easing. Uh, uh, m- maybe they were math- mathematicians with PhDs in advanced levels of mathematics. Quantitative easing. Oh, you mean just printing more money? Well, yes, that's actually what it is, but we're going to call it quantitative easing. While they run the printing presses day and night, printing billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Well, now hold on just a moment. If we're printing all that money, won't that devalue our currency? Oh, oh, that's okay. We have another solution for that. But see, all of these so-called solutions, they, they have some weird side effects. And eventually, those side effects are going to, they're going to increase. And the problem is, is that, for example, with governments, this is not only a problem that the U.S. has with, you know, uh, what, uh, 20 plus, almost, maybe we're at 30 now, $30 trillion worth of debt, no way to solve that debt crisis, no way to figure out how to pay it back, and, and really, all the other uh, uh, financial challenges, but you have to understand also that it's not like other nations have it all together either. You have many of the world's nations that are just trying to figure out how to survive, and it could look like they have elements of prosperity, just like America does, but this whole system is very, very fragile, and uh, it's moved by uh, by fear, and it's moved by <laughs> by weather. It's moved by all kinds of things. It can go in a, a wrong direction real quick, but there's all these philosophies and uh uh, 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 not only against nations, but philosophies against men, such as there is no concept of sin. That's just an ethereal concept. Sin doesn't really exist. <laughs> Total, absolute lies. And my friends, these things are dangerous. And there can be some wisdom that's good, but in the earthly wisdom, there is just so much mixture. And if it doesn't agree with Scripture, then eventually it's going to collapse. And one day there will be so much financial strain and so much pressure that there will come forth a a man who would appear to have the solution. Ah, one world financial system. Well, if we're going to do that, we might as well have a one world religion. Yes. And then if we're going to do that, we have to have a means to control it. How about a one world government? And so all of this comes together. It sounds so good, but it's all a lie and it will all end in a big mess. Anytime you try to do things without God or without God's commandments being the, the standard of how we operate, then eventually it's going, to, it's going to end in a big mess. Praise the Lord. But my friends, uh, 
we have kingdom solutions. We can tap into the mind of God. We have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, not only upon us, but also within us. And we can draw upon that anointing by praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, and pulling up the wisdom of God and receiving the answers and the solutions that we need. Praise God forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, in this age in which we're living, it's true throughout human history, but especially right now, we don't just need what we would call maybe basic solutions from the natural realm, or in other words, just some way to fix it temporarily. But we need we need true solutions that really come from God. And that requires more than information, although information is good, and we do need to have basic information, but it actually requires more than information, it requires revelation. And it's revelation that comes from God that will distinguish you and set you apart. Praise the Lord. And God is the source of this revelation. God unveils it by your Holy Spirit. And all of this wisdom is found in Christ. But we tie into it by seeking God, seeking His will, studying His Word, and being led by the Holy Spirit. And that revelation wisdom distinguishes you. Praise God. Now, let's jump back to a familiar verse we have looked at over the past few weeks. This is Isaiah chapter 8, and let's go down to verse 18. Verse 18. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel. Now remember, to merge into this where God establishes you as a sign and wonder in the church, a sign and wonder, not an accident, not a blunder, but a sign and wonder, you're going to have to let God work with your mind. Praise the Lord. You're going to have to move from low-level thinking to the high level of kingdom thinking. Mm -mm. Praise God. And it's the Holy Spirit that unveils this kingdom thinking. Because you can read the Bible, but if the Holy Spirit does not anoint that word, See, it says in Scripture that the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. The letter of the Scripture can become dry. It can just become like a history or knowledge-based information. Or you, you, don't, you could read an encyclopedia and get a lot of knowledge, but the Holy Spirit will take the Word and make it alive. Wow, praise God. And that's why the Bible is so different than any other book. It's the only book that's living. It's alive. Praise God. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So the Holy Spirit anoints those words and that the word of God becomes spiritual food for us that feeds our spirit and helps us to think like God does. Praise the Lord. So you're not only made to operate in the natural, you're also designed by God as a new Testament believer, as a child of God, to also operate in the supernatural. And this is a distinguishing factor because you can operate in signs and miracles, and God will establish you as a sign and miracle. So you have to have a miracle mentality. Wow, praise God. And if you take away the miracles, 
You're not going to be left with much, my friends. You're going you're gonna to be susceptible to the enemy and without miracles. You're not going to be able to get into many of these places that God wants you to go. And I think I need to say that again. Without miracles, you're not going to be get you're not going to be able to get into the, some of these places that God wants you to go into. And I want to go a little bit further with that statement. Because God has appointed you for signs and wonders, don't be surprised if he literally leads you by the Holy Spirit into a place where you need a miracle. And you you think, wow, I I actually need a miracle. Yes, God has led you. And just as God led the Israelites out of Egypt and they came up to the Red Sea, God knew they were going to need a miracle. And God gave them a miracle. And there will be times when the Holy Spirit literally, he'll take you into a place where in order to go forward, you're going to need a miracle. But my friends, that's your inheritance in Christ. We're not talking about testing or tempting the Lord to do something, but we are talking about walking it out with God. And God's got them reserved for you. God has them lined up for you, and he's ready to send the angels, and the angels are ready to cause the miracle to happen as you move forward and believe God for miracles. Woo! Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's go over to the Gospel of Mark. Mm-mm. And remember, miracle mentality. You serve a miracle-working God, a miracle-working God. Mm-mm. He's going to work miracles in your business. For those of you in ministry, he's going to work miracles in your ministry. Praise the Lord. For those of you that maybe need a healing in your body, he's going to work a miracle in your body or in the body of your children. So this is something that you really have to grab a hold of and believe and let the word of God renew your mind so that you come into this way of thinking. God does miracles and God's going to do a miracle for me. Woo! Praise God. All right. Mark chapter eight. We're going to go down to verse 22. Verse 22. Then he, that would be Jesus, came to Bethsaida. And they brought a blind man to him, and he begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand. Wow. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. What an interesting thing. He grabs the man's hand and leads him out, not just out of the meeting place, not just outside of uh, maybe the, the, the public square or something like that, takes him completely out of the town. Wow. He took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. Why? Why? Because the town was saturated. The people in the town were saturated with absolute unbelief, complete unbelief. And he's not going to operate in an atmosphere like that when he can uh, choose his own atmosphere. And he takes the man by the hand and leads him out. Wow. Praise the Lord. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and, and said, I see men like trees walking. Now watch this. 
the spirit of unbelief in that city of Bethsaida was so strong that and influenced the people so greatly that even when Jesus got the man outside of the city and prays for him, he actually has to pray for him twice. Extremely, extremely rare. And it's not because the Lord lacks the anointing. It's not because he had an off day. It's not because the Holy Spirit didn't show up and move. No, it's that he's dealing with this man and the unbelief that he's been under and still would be affecting him now to a lesser degree, but he actually has to pray for him twice. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Wow. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up and he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. In other words, don't ever go back to that place of unbelief ever again. Don't go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. So he obviously had a home somewhere else. So Jesus sent him there. Woo! Praise God. My friends, please don't go back in your mind or in your heart to a place of unbelief where you just doubt everything and you know, you just remove pages from your Bible because somebody says, oh, God doesn't do miracles anymore. Well, you just, you just took out two-thirds of the New Testament. Wow. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. You get around all of that doubt and unbelief, you'll, you will not be able to believe God for a miracle, and you will not be able to go into your inheritance as God intends for you to receive. Mm -mm. And you're going to need miracles. You're going to need miracles. Praise God. Now, unbelief doesn't mean necessarily that you don't believe something. It's just, it means that you're believing the wrong thing. That's what unbelief is. It's everybody has a belief in something. Even, even an atheist believes something. He's just believing the wrong thing. And so you may have even a Christian, but yet the Christian is loaded with unbelief in the area of miracles higher level of thinking with the word of God. And they have a defeated mentality. They have a mentality that, that would, uh, that has been ingrained into them that would suggest that one day when they die and go to heaven, then, then they'll finally be rejoicing. Then they'll shout and sing the, uh, the praises of the Lord. Uh, and you know, all, you know, it's all in heaven. It's all reserved for heaven. But here on earth, they have to toil and, and tread the weary path and all, you know, all that religious talk. A lot of that has been indoctrinated through uh, church songs that, that were just full of unbelief and doubt. And uh, it's, uh, listen, if you sing songs that are unscriptural, that are not in agreement with God's word, that will affect the way that you live your life, because you're forming theology in the wrong way. And if you sing that and you believe that and you confess that, that's what you're going to have. So my friends, be very careful. Be very careful about wrong forms of religious indoctrination that strip the power of the cross, that strip God's miracle working power out of your spirit-filled life. Mm -mm. you're not going to ever be stranded 
You're going to be walking in the power of God. Watch this. Having extraordinary miracles take place in your life on a consistent basis. Wow. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I heard Pastor Bill Winston one time say that he was going to minister in Haiti. And so while he's in Haiti ministering, he's preaching to the people. After he had preached his sermon, he concluded his message and then said, I I want to now pray for the sick. And he had all the sick people that wanted to receive prayer line up. And they got, they got in a big line. So everybody's lined up in a real long line. And he started to walk uh, towards the left side to pray for them. So he walks across the stage. He's starting to go down the steps on the left side. And the Holy Spirit said, stop. Go back across the stage, across the platform, and start on the right side. Start on the other side. And he didn't know why, but he obeyed. So he goes back up the steps, crosses the large platform, walks all the way to the other side, goes down those steps, and starts praying and ministering to the people, healing power, and God began to heal the people. Now, he said afterwards, while uh, after the meeting's over and so forth, and he had some prayer time with the Lord, he said, Lord, um, I'm just curious. When I was going down on the left side, going down the steps, and you told me to go to the other side. Why did you do that? And the Lord said, that whole group right there on the left side were in complete unbelief. Ah. Oh, and the group on the right is in faith. They're in faith. They're, they're believing to receive. When you pray for them, they're going to get healed. And so that's why the Lord said, go start over there. Woo, praise God. Now, many times, those that would be neutral in their faith which means they're not engaged, so nothing's going to happen. They could be swayed either way. Or those that would even be in unbelief, when they see God moving, then suddenly they could, it, it is possible that they could catch fire. Uh, it's like wood. If the wood is green, it's almost impossible to get green wood to burn. But if you get dry wood, yeah, you can have a real nice uh, backyard barbecue, you can have a real nice fire. Praise the Lord. So the fire the, or the dry wood was on the right side. The wet wood, which was not going to burn, was on the left side. <laughs> so, <laughs> And that's something I've learned in ministry that when I'm going to start ministering in the Spirit after I've preached my message, I'm not just going to walk out there and go random. I'm, I'm going to go as the Holy Spirit leads, and I'm I'm open to the Holy Spirit. I'm, and I'm, my, how can I say, my antennas are up to do what He wants me to do. And at the same time, I'm looking for faith because if the first person you pray for is just, you know, like uh, they're just there and maybe they're just curious and they have zero faith or whatever, don't even care. Maybe, maybe a relative dragged them there. They don't even want to be there. And then nothing happens. Then, you know, people see that or whatever. Now you got to plow through all of that. And you can still have success. Oh, but my goodness, what a difference it makes when you're working with those who are ready to receive and they are in faith and they mean business with God. Praise God. So let the Holy Spirit work with your mind so that you are in faith to receive miracles. Praise the Lord. Because, my friends, this is the kingdom walk. This is included in the package. We have all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have the word of wisdom. 
We have the word of knowledge. We have uh, special faith. We have working of miracles. We have gifts of healings. We have prophecy, discerning the spirits, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. We have nine, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And God has appointed us as signs and wonders. Miracles, signs, wonders are all supernatural. In order to get to where God wants you to go, you're going to need miracles. And I want to say again that the angels are ready to go forward. Just like the children of Israel, there was an angel that went ahead of the whole nation, a mighty, mighty, powerful nation. And these, uh, a mighty, mighty, powerful angel. So these angels go and they accomplish God's will. Mm -hmm. And they'll do miracles. They will absolutely do miracles. Angels are amazing. And let me say this also, because we, we are in the earth realm, and we are, even when we're at our best, we still are in a realm where we're constantly bombarded with junk. And uh, the, angels, the angels are stronger than we are. And in many ways, the angels for the time being, in this age that we're in right now, the angels, they have greater ability than what we do. Now, angels are not created in the image of God. We are. Angels are not called, uh, you know, like sons and daughters of God. We are. We're the children of God. But the angels, nevertheless, because they are, they are complete spirit beings. They don't have physical bodies. They were able to do things that we can't do, such as, you know, fly or lift heavy things or, you know, move about real quick and things like that. But they're also extremely brilliant and smart, and they have extreme high intellect, and they can go and cause amazing things to happen because they're so smart. God can work with them, and it's not like they have to say, well, I, Lord, we don't understand that. Well, can you please explain it to us? No, they're brilliant. They're very, very smart, and they can go and carry these things out, these operations out, and go. they go ahead of us. And then we come along, and the path is prepared, and all we have to do is go in by faith and possess it and, uh, you know, walk forward, praising God, trusting the Lord. Mm -mm. But you have some real powerful help, and you've got some real smart help on your side. And I, I think that's something we haven't acknowledged about the angels that we would admit, yes, they're very strong. They have, they have great ability, but never forget how brilliant and smart they are as well. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go to, uh, and before we depart, let me take a look at this verse one more time, verse 24. This was the blind man as he is in the interim healing phase, and he looked up and said in verse 24, I see men like trees walking. I want to pull on this statement a little bit prophetically. Uh, the Lord did pray for him again by laying his hands on him again, and he got the full healing. Thank God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. But he saw men like trees walking. Let's go just for a moment to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, verse 12. The righteous, that's you. The righteous shall flourish, not, not, not wither away, shall flourish. You're supposed to flourish. How? Like a palm tree. Now, the palm tree is one of the most useful trees on the planet. 
is an amazing tree. We get many things from it that we use regularly. Well, of course, you would get coconuts from the palm tree. But today in the, in the water industry or the uh, sport drinks and so forth, uh, coconut water has become extremely popular. So, of course, that's all coming from the, the palm tree, the coconut water, and or at least the coconut milk that's diluted and put in the water for flavor. But we also have tremendous use for palm oil. And I remember I went to a, one of these franchised pizza places. It's been a long time since I've been there because their pizza is uh, it's so greasy that one time when I ordered a pizza from this um, uh, you know, pizza restaurant. I won't say which one it is, but it's all over America, all over the world, I guess. I've even had, uh, I've even eaten there in Beijing, China. <laughs> but well, locally, I bit into uh, the pizza and it had so much greasy oil in it. It just ran down my face and it wasn't from the melted cheese or the tomato sauce. It was just all the oil in it. Well, that's palm oil. And they just load that dough full of all that palm oil. That's probably not very healthy, so I try to not eat those yucky, greasy pizzas like that. But uh, palm oil is in all, it's in many different types of food. It's even in uh, dishwashing detergent. It's, it's in, in wax candles. It does work really well with wax candles because it's a natural product, and you know it will help that wick just keep burning for a long, long time. But you're supposed to be like a palm tree. And this, see this blind man. He began to see men walking like they look like trees. And we're talking about kingdom insights here. And you're supposed to be like a tree. A tree is extremely productive. There's all kinds of trees. They each have different usages, but you're supposed to be like a palm tree. A palm tree is one of the most productive trees on the face of the planet. Woo! And and it also says, he shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. He shall grow like a cedar. Well, the cedar tree is very special. Uh, the western red cedar trees, they can live actually for, uh, some have lived for as long as 1,500 years. Yes, there are trees that live over 1,500 years. And they're also productive even into old age. Look at verse 14. They shall steer, excuse me, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Pastor Stephen, I'm enjoying your message, but it's just for the young people. No, 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 no. Regardless of what phase you're at in your life, regardless of what your age is, God expects you to be productive. And this has to come into your way of thinking. This has to come into your mentality. God sees you as a walking tree. What does that mean? It means that God sees you as a walking distribution center distributing. You are constantly producing and distributing. You are a betterment to the church. You are a betterment to humanity. Mm-mm. And you're producing. And I see you producing amazing things. Perhaps God is moving up on your heart to produce a new product. Maybe he's moving up, in, up on your heart with a new wealth generating idea. Wow, maybe he's moving up on, upon your heart to do something that will further utilize e-commerce and perhaps make transactions smoother or a way to buy it and sell that's easier. Or just on and on it goes, on and on it goes. 
But there are so many ways that you could be productive, just like there's so many different usages from one tree, like the palm tree. I mean, it's just endless, almost all the stuff that's coming out of palm trees. And you stop and think about these rubber trees. And I, I like tigers. For some reason, it's a real joy for me to, uh, it's, and it's not very often, it's a, it's a lot of fun for me to go to the tire center if I have to get new tires. And I have, I have maybe you could call it a specialty vehicle, but it's got large, oversized tires. I think they're like 35 inches tall and, you know, big, wide, off-road, massive tires. But whenever I have to get new tires, I don't know. I just like it. I like looking at all the different brands. I like looking at, I don't know, Toyo, Nito, and uh, Michelin. And, uh, you know, it just smells so good. Maybe it's just a guy thing. I don't know. I like it. I can just sit there, just watch them change tires. It's just fun. <laughs> I like it. I like walking across the the floor of the store and also the warehouse and feeling all that rubber that's been put down and you, you feel you can an unusual feel when you walk on it. I don't know why I like all of that. Pastor Stephen, where do all these tires come from? Well, there are, you know, multiple things that are working together. You do have steel, uh, steel belted uh, tires. So you have elements of steel in there for reinforcement and to make the structure stronger, but it's really coming from rubber. Where does rubber come from? It comes from trees. Just think about that. We're all driving these vehicles around, whether it's electric or gas powered, but you got to drive it on something. Those tires are made out of rubber and the rubber all comes from trees. Those are some really productive trees. If you took the trees, rubber trees away, I don't know. Maybe we'd be like a train rolling around on, uh, you know, steel wheels or something. I don't know. But thank God for trees, right? But my friends, we each produce something different. But you're supposed to be producing, 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 producing. Can I tell you the number one reason? Are you ready for this? The number one reason why poverty would exist in an area why poverty would exist in a person's life, why poverty would, would exist in a community. You know why? Because people aren't producing. You can all trace it back to that. You can trace it back to individuals because it comes down to the individual. It, it's because individuals are not producing. They're not producing anything. Maybe they're just looking for the government to give them a free cell phone. I, I don't know. Maybe, and that there is a part where the government can be nice and help people who've had some unfortunate events get back on their feet and get going, but not live their whole life like that. That's not called help. That's called enslavement. And that's crippling people mentally. So they're now uh, reliant upon you for the rest of their life. No, no, no. Don't just give them fish, 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 fish. Give them a fishing pole. Teach them how the fish so that they can have dignity in their life and do what? Start producing. Glory to God. Look, if you don't produce, you're going to end up becoming, you know what? I, I, I would call it a migratory person. You're going to end up living back in the 1800s or the 1700s. That's what uh, people in other uh, generations had to do. They were migratory. Why? Because when the elk moved out of the area because of the change of the seasons or the, the game animals move because winter's coming in, well, if you didn't move with them because they're the food source, you're going to die because you're dependent upon the bison. You're dependent upon that animal to supply you for food and everything else that you get out of it. 
And so now you're migratory. You're having to follow the food. What happens if you can produce your own food? Oh, you could stay where you want. I like it here. I don't have to move. I like it here. I've, I've got plenty of food. I figure out refrigeration. I figured out how to um, uh, make beef jerky. And then you've now if you make beef jerky where you make salmon jerky and on and on it goes. And now you don't have to be roving all over the place and you don't have to be uh, 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 disassembling your, your tent and moving and setting all back up and doing that every week. No, now you're settled. Praise God. Why? Because you're producing. And now that you're producing, you can be more focused on your assignment. Wow. Praise God. God wants you to be like a tree. That man said to Jesus, I see men like trees walking. Uh, there's some prophetic imagery in there. So that's a big part of the kingdom is that God has put these things on the inside of you, but you have to bring them out and make application of it by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Stay in your lane and do what God has called you to do, but be highly productive in your lane. Woo! Glory to God. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. I believe God's going to produce some new things through many of those that are that are watching some new products. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I like soap, uh, not like women's bath soap, but I like I like um, certain types of soap. A ministry partner just sent me some soap. She said she watched one of my programs where I was telling the the story of when I stood on my grandmother's couch and yelled, "Man came from monkey." As a young child, I had done that. My grandmother, of course, told me, if you do that again, I'm going to take you to the bathroom and wash your mouth out with soap. Well, I did it, I did it again. Sure enough, whoop, she grabbed me, washed my mouth out with lye soap. Unforgettable experience. Praise the Lord. Where she laughed, the ministry partner saw that, laughed and laughed, and thought it was so funny that uh, she sent me some soap uh, in the mail. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I'm actually using that. It's just nice soap. <laughs> she made it. She made it. Praise God. I mean, you could be a producer. It doesn't matter if it's chapstick, uh, lipstick, shoes. I mean, the guy that found that Nike was selling shoes out of his van. And the shoes, the, the sole of the shoe, he was making it with a griddle. Uh, the same thing that you would pour a pancake batter mix into. He was pouring a, a rubber mold into a pancake griddle and making the bottom of the shoe out of that. Well, Nike's come a long ways since then, wouldn't you say? Amen. Praise the Lord. But look, you can be productive. Just find your thing. For Mr. Phil Knight, it was it was shoes. He just he liked running, and uh, he was really in the shoes. And so he started at the bottom, and now he's got a multi-billion dollar company uh, creating a lot more than shoes. But that's still their primary thing. But my friends, be a producer. Be, be a producer. Look at yourself as like a tree like a tree. Praise God. And, and, and think like that. Think kingdom thoughts. Remember God said, my heart, my, my thoughts, my way of thinking is, is different than this limited thinking. Well, we, we, we don't really have anything to offer. No, you've got, you've got all kinds of things to offer. It's all on the inside of you as a born again, child of God, pull it out. Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. One more scripture, Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 28. As we're looking at original mandates that God gave to Adam. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Genesis 1 verse 28. Then God blessed them. And God said to them. This of course we're talking about Adam and Eve. God said to them. 
Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Kind of sounds like a tree, doesn't it? Trees do what? They bear fruit, all different types of fruit. Well, we have two Chinese chestnuts on our property, and all the American chestnut trees have gone extinct. It's sad. They used to almost literally cover the entire southeast of America. Sometimes the, uh, I've, I've seen pictures where the chestnuts were piled up on trees in Tennessee or North Carolina. Uh, chestnuts piled four feet deep beneath the trees because there's so many of them. But this is back in the 1700s. But a disease came into America, unfortunately from China, and it killed all of the uh, chestnut trees in America. So that tree is now extinct. As far as I know, I do think there are a few places that maybe were able to get some of these old ancient heirloom uh, seeds of the uh, of the uh, real tree. Maybe the, I think they're trying to regrow it again, something like that. I don't, I don't really keep up with that, but um, nevertheless, we've got a couple of Chinese. We have the Chinese version, praise God, chestnut tree, uh, but it's different. Uh, it's not quite the same as the original one. Not as good, basically, but still, even still, just extraordinary levels of good things, uh, like an oil that the chestnut produces. That it's an oil that comes out of it that's very similar to a cedar tree, that um, is extremely valuable. It's very valuable. Praise the Lord. And of course, chestnuts. Uh, we used to sing that song, chestnuts uh, roasting over an open fire, always during Christmas. Well, um, the Chinese chestnuts are a little bit different. But very, very interesting, all these trees, everything producing fruit, you're supposed to be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? It means that you're productive. In what level? Well, in a level of multiplication. Be, God told them, be fruitful and multiply. Wow. Now, there are those who study uh, the uh, satanic uh, teaching of eugenics which is basically a teaching that we need to reduce the population of the earth. We've got too many people on the planet, and so we need to get rid. You know, I've actually heard some people say we need to get rid of about 6 billion people. Now, they never tell you how they think we should do it, but they sure would like to see them gone. Uh, of course, they never want to eliminate themselves. There's always others they want to eliminate, uh, but they teach eugenics in the sense that uh, there's not enough room to sustain human life, and we have to get rid of all of these extra people that are uh, taking up carbon space and uh, uh, taking up a carbon footprint. We need to get rid of them. Well, that's just totally against what God's mandate is. By the way, as many of you know, whenever you get on an airplane, even in America, and you fly like I do often across the country, it's just amazing so often when you look out the window and you look down, and there's just nothing there but land. And every now and then you'll pass over a big city. You see little towns, especially at night when the lights are on. But still, for the most part, it's just acreage after acreage. And oftentimes it's wide open acreage, just completely undeveloped. And all of this uh, BLM land, government land owned by the government, on and on it goes. We got plenty of room. We got plenty of room for billions and billions of more people, praise God. Hallelujah. So we need to stick with the original mandate, and so do you. You need to be fruitful and multiply. So your level of productivity should be a level where you are multiplying. You're a very, very productive person. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Praise the Lord. Now, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Uh, one translation says, replenish the earth. That means to perpetually 
renew it, perpetually renew it. It's amazing sometimes just what a uh, a good coat of fresh paint will do to renew something or to replenish something. Glory to God. But again, that's productivity. That's producing something. Somebody's got to create the paint and produce the paint, and then somebody's got to decide what color we're going to use. Mm-mm. And subdue it. That means undo everything the devil has done. Praise God. Even where my home is at, we have a couple of acres that is just forest. And uh, we have a gardener. And I said, look, I said, go into the forest and uh, particularly the trees closest to the house and cut all of these vines. They grow wild that crawl up the tree and strangle and eventually kill the tree. And there were a few trees that they were never attended to, and these vines had just choked them and, and killed them. And these vines will go, go around the tree, and it'll go all the way literally to the very top of the tree, and it'll go out on branches, wrap around branches. We had one particular tree that was very close to our house, and it was just covered up with this strangling vine wrapping all around it, and the tentacles of that vine just going all over the place. Uh, all through the branches. And I said, I told my friend, I said, go to work on that tree. And he was working on getting that vine off of it, off of it. And I went out there and, and uh, I just decided on that tree to help him out. And we worked for a couple of hours, got this crazy amount of vineage out of, I mean, these vines were going all over the place. We got it all out. And by the way, you don't want to ever burn those because they're poisonous. If you, if you breathe uh, that those fumes, it could really do damage to your lungs, but we got it all out and um, had it hauled away. And the tree turned out to be the most, underneath all of this junk, turned out to be the most beautiful beech gum tree. Absolutely beautiful. And now my wife Kelly put bird feeders underneath it and some uh, other feeders hanging from it. And it's a bird paradise. Woo! Praise the Lord. And that tree is one of the most beautiful trees on our property. And that's what it means to subdue it. Praise God. So my friends, there's always something to do. Praise God. There's always a means of being productive and let these things affect the way that you think, because God has appointed you to be a sign and a wonder, and he's going to take you to the very top in your field. Glory to God. And he'll distinguish you. And the miracles will be a part of that. You will be a sign and a wonder. That means there are, there is a miraculous nature about your life. Lift your hands. Father, as I look through the lens of the camera, I see men and women walking like trees. I thank you, Father God, that I see them being highly productive in their unique field of calling, doing the most creative things with the most excellent spirit in the most fascinating way. I thank you, Father, that what they have and what they present, people want it. And I thank you that they are contributing, they are producing in very, very wonderful ways. And I thank you, Father, they are being rewarded. They are being rewarded for that with assignments that are accomplished and, and prosperity. I thank you, Father, which is what your word does. Thank you, Father. I see their thoughts going higher. Now, Father, let the mind of Christ cause that uplifting to kingdom thoughts where they are imitators of you, thinking like you. And I thank you, Father. I see them reaching for the stars. I give you praise, Father God. 
I thank you that there's greatness in every person watching. And Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit and your anointed word, it's going to bring that greatness out. and They will be distinguished. Now, Father, we give you praise. I speak your blessing over your people in Jesus' great name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, the greatest things that God has are hidden and they're, they're, they're veiled and they are revealed through Jesus Christ. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would like for you to receive him now because he will unveil to you your the glorious destiny that he's planned for you and he'll also set you free from sin and the condemnation of sin. If you would like to receive him now, and I know you do, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, you died on the cross to save sinners just like me. Jesus, save me now. Come into my heart. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, I give my life to you now. And I pray that you would use it for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, I pray. Amen. Woo! And amen. My friends, he's heard that prayer. And he has received you into his kingdom. You belong to him. Live for him. Praise God. Well, let's take Holy Communion together today. Glory to God. And I'm going to use my little communion cup. It's got the bread on one end and the juice on the other. These are great for travel. Praise the Lord. You can get these online. Hallelujah. Again, that was a neat little idea somebody had. Praise the Lord. Neat little idea. I ordered it. Praise God. There's, I'm sure, thousands of others that are ordering these little things. Somebody's idea. Somebody's producer. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it, and through this prayer, we set it apart as holy, and we thank you this is now the body, the flesh, and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. Thank you, O God, as we receive the body of Jesus. We just thank you for ideas, productive ideas, and, and the energy and grace and the wisdom to implement them and walk it out. We give you all of the praise. We thank you those ideas are flowing right now. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the body of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that all over the world, you have made provision, kingdom provision for your people. And that regardless of where we live and where we're at, you have a route to the top. And we're committed to following that route so that your name, O God, will be glorified. Father, so that the name of Jesus can be honored and lifted up on high. We thank you, Father God. Let, let, let needed information come and let also revelation come, even now as we receive the blood of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to minister uh, for a moment to the sick. 
somebody you're having some pain right in the back of your neck, right in this area, if that's you, put your hand on the screen. And the anointing is going to come right through the camera, right through your screen, and right into your body. Heavenly Father, I pray for that person that has this pain in the back of their neck. And I just rebuke the pain in the name of Jesus right now. I command it to go. Be healed. In the name of Jesus, there goes the anointing right now. If you have any form of cancer, put your hand on the screen in faith right now. Here it comes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I command the demon of cancer, loose them in the name of the Lord. Come out of that person's body. In the name of Jesus, go from them in Jesus' name. And I release the healing anointing now. Father, I give you praise. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Take that anointing. Take it. Take it by faith. Praise God. And begin to praise the Lord. God is not only working. God is working quickly. And God is doing miracles now. Praise the Lord. Receive what you need from the Lord. Take it and get busy and be the productive tree that God sees you as being. Thank you for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.